good, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we are so official. Yo, listen. <laughs> You're hearing us right now, and we have official tissue microphones and equipment, y'all. Come like, on this now. Is, this is like on some official type of stuff here. All the way live. Please believe Man. it and believe it. Please, y'all. Listen, the biggest smiles. Right? <laughs> I know, like, and every time, no matter what anyway, because we just enjoy this particular space because it's so organic and natural, but we got yeah. official equipment. So wait till Fatu drop these pictures. I can see, wait, yeah. my mic though. <laughs> Listen, Your boy y'all. hooked a sister all Listen, the way up. Man, we had to we had to give her the heavy duty <laughs> equipment because I don't know if y'all know this, but Tamara's passionate. She's just a little Wait bit, a just a little, just a little passionate. I won't say aggressive. No. I won't say angry. No. You know what I'm saying, but aggressive or or passionate. Yes. Yes. I can say. That. I concur. Yes. So once again, y'all, for the love of it is your favorite campus uncle. Uncle Fred is in the building, and I'm sitting with my sister in pain and struggling also in victory. Always the Liberated Project check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that Tamara would be me. is definitely in the building. What's and this good? is episode eight. I know. Can you even believe it? Yo, it's eight. Like, it didn't even seem like we've done eight episodes. We recorded eight episodes yeah. and the end of our first season is coming to a wrap. It's coming to an end. Yeah. First so season. Damn. Can you believe it? Like, and, but wait, wait, let's Ooh. go all the way back to when we were on, um, the WBNY mm-hmm. and we had been, you know, intersecting. He's like, yo, we need to talk. And I'm like, absolutely. Let's get up. Let's get connected. And I just come back from seeing Tony Robbins in mm-hmm. Toronto. Yep. Literally like I had been up for almost 24 hours mm-hmm. and we go and we blow the show up. And then you was like, yo. And I was like, yo. And then we was like, yup. And then it was it. <laughs> Connection, man. The electricity. Indeed. Indeed. When things align in the mm. universe, there is no stopping. Absolutely. What Absolutely. is going to happen, Indeed. y'all, for real. Indeed. So listen, episode eight. We only got a few episodes left, man. And we about to get to some real shit. A lot of stuff y'all been wanting to hear. Yeah. All of y'all stuff y'all been anticipating. We will tackle. Trust me. And believe. And believe. Okay. So episode eight, this is how it's going to go, right? 45 minutes, maybe a power hour. Okay, we're going to tackle one topic. One topic. We're going to put all our energy into this one topic, y'all. Okay, and we do have a topic for you today. Yes, we do. We do. Okay. Listen now, up, listen up. Um, let's let's give the, uh, the disclaimer. Uh, always. Absolutely. Okay. Everything that we talk about is our educated opinions, right? And we own them wholeheartedly. And we own our educated opinions, right? And uh, everything is out of decency and love, and we're not here to uh, create enemies. But I, but I, what I will say is, I am drawing a line in the sand. Okay, that is what I am going to do. That is what I believe we are going to do. Because at the end of the day, you're either for the culture or you're not. Right. And I think one of the other things, too, when we're talking about our disclaimer and one of the many reasons why we created this platform, the truth isn't supposed to make you feel good. Right. It's supposed to make you aware. Now, what you do with it after that is on you. Hopefully it makes you better. Well, well, that's the idea. So what we often say in the space of the culture and also within the classroom 
I'm not here to make your life easy. I'm here to make you better. Now you can decide if you want to pick that burden up and walk with me and mm-hmm. talk and chew gum, or you can, you know, stage left. But the thing that we say and the thing that we know and the thing that we are all about is if you do not get right, you will get left. That way. You can't even see where I'm <laughs> pointing, but it's that way. That way. <laughs> All right, y'all. So there's our disclaimer. Yep. Shall we get into business? Come on, let's bring it. All right. So without further ado, episode eight, we are going to talk. Well, first of all, let me preface by saying this. Um, We've had numerous educated minds, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, that are thinking about the next step. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Approach us with conversation and questions, okay, about post-secondary success. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Uh, For those of you, uh, to to break that down, that means that when we graduate... From the collegiate level, four years. From the collegiate level, what's next? How do we prepare for what's next? What is next? Right? Mm -hmm. How do we finance next? Ooh. Okay. Not finance. Um, Man. Okay. (laughs) You know, man, like, is grad school for me? Mm-hmm. Right, law school, right, or or maybe or maybe like you know I'm I'm ready to open up my own business, the world of work, right, or 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 maybe military might be my mm-hmm. my forte. Maybe I might exercise that. We're gonna get into all of that, and then how that transitions into black excellence, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we do want to know, and we do want to make sure that all of this is not. F- it, 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 all of this is for something and not for not. Sure. It's not empty. We want to make sure that whatever we do, when we invest our time in college and we're putting up those dollars, right, and we're paying off these, the, the, the tuition and we go into debt, that is not in vain. And we want to make sure that we set up ourselves into a point where we could potentially have careers where this debt that we acquire Mm-hmm. Is being forgiven, right? But I think, in, in a, on a deeper level, historically, and thinking about all of the individuals that have had to come before, especially as Black and Brown persons, mm-hmm. we're thinking about the um, the Atlantic slave trade. I'm constantly reminded about this being the year of return, Ghana, 400 years of being able to own persons as property, chattel slavery. How can we not be cognizant and conscious about the pull in the ways in which we use our education to set up the next generation, those individuals that are coming behind us? Got you. So we the, the way that this is going to go is that we uh, we had a meeting of the minds. We, if did. You will. we did. And uh, with the help of uh, a few dynamic minds with us, we were able to formulate some uh, very significant mm-hmm. points or questions. Some framing, sure. Right. To help us uh, get to these points or these uh, questions uh, so that we could try to produce some answers for you guys, right? Okay. So, Indeed. Um, so how we're going to tackle this is that we're going to go, uh, I believe we have several questions. We do. And uh, we're going to answer these questions to the best of our ability, right? Yes, we are. But we're also going to provide personal experience. Indeed. Right. We are. So would you like to start with personal experiences first? 
Or would you like to just go into the questions? I, let's go into the questions and then maybe after the questions, then we can wrap our experience around those particular questions because maybe then some of our questions will be able to ilu- or be able to illuminate some of the answers that we've given. Gotcha. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Hey, hey, hey. All right, y'all. So again, we're going to give you out a real, okay? And I'm going to be very transparent with you. I am, especially about this financial part. Oh, my God. What's, so since you mentioned the financial part, let's just go right there because, you know, we go straight, no chaser. All right. So, so there's so, no need to. So the financial piece, what, what was the... So, so when we're preparing, um, after we had some of our brilliant scholars to kind of help us with the framing for this particular question, we just did a little research because, again, we want to make sure that not only we're talking about our disclaimer, what it is that we, again, have experienced personally, but we want to make sure that we have some of the facts that are most current. So one of the facts, we're using a lower number in terms of the amount, but right now we did a Google search, right? We asked Siri. million individuals have loans and at minimum they're anywhere from $10,000 to $25,000. So 12.3 million individuals have student loans anywhere from 10 to 25,000. Mm. Now there is a higher number, but we just want to start there. That's the low ball. That's the low number. That's the no number. Because we, I'm at the high number. <laughs> I'm at the high number. Right. So we're doing mm-hmm. the low number. And here's the deal. One of the things that we do want to say um, in this, and as we begin kind of talking about the financial um, aspect, and I don't know if I, we want to use the word financial burden because burden sounds so heavy, that, education costs. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about it costs, there being a price tag attached to it, I would love for us to talk about the two most important price tags that are attached to, again, the educational system or being in college. One, money isn't our number one resource. Time is. Then it's money. So, yep, 12.3 million Oh, anywhere from ten to twenty-five thousand dollars, but think about in what time span they have accumulated such debt and thus wasted their most important resource time because we know it's the one thing that we cannot get back. We, we can recoup money. I can always hustle. Listen, because you know this liberated chick is always on fire. I got multiple streams of income because I know how to get it. She got the okay. coin. <laughs> she got the Secure coin. the bag. Hey, she girl. Hey. Coin. Yes. Okay. So with that, when we're talking about, so you said you on the higher end, so we're talking yeah. about the financial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. In what ways, how are you, you know, managing that? And when you had came to the determination that I know that I'm going to be educated. I know I'm going to get a degree. It's something bigger than myself. You were thinking about your family, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, your mother, right. your brother, okay. right? How did you approach the financial aspect of it? And then how are you managing now? Okay. It? So like most sure. students, when I came to college, I had no clue. Mm as to how I was going to pay for it. Okay. Okay. Um, In high school, um, I was prepared to transition academically into college. Financially, not so much. All right. So instead of taking a personal investment and going to financial aid workshops Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, my mother did all of that. 
right? Mm -hmm. Instead of me taking personal ownership and initiative to want to educate myself in terms of uh, how to finance college. So when I came into college um, and I got admitted to several different colleges, couldn't afford to go because... You know, out of state tuition is sure. just the financial need. Whatever, you know what I mean? I yeah, that that's <laughs> okay. Um, but when I got accepted into Buffalo State, and the only thing I was told was fill out this fi- financial aid form, mm-hmm. fill out the FAFSA. Yep. Right. And my mom and I are going through the FAFSA, and you know. We are inputting numbers, all the personal information, logistics, all kinds of stuff, tax, tax information, all that stuff. And then, boom, this is the amount of money that you qualify for. I'm thinking because of our current condition, I'm saying when I speak in our talking about our family, that college is going to be paid for. I'm saying single family home, you know, got two kids in the house. Right. We poke. I mean, they're going to give us some money. Sure. Hell no. <laughs> that did not work out. Come to find out, my mother made a little bit too much money. Mm. So I didn't qualify for a lot of the grants Tap and all that pails. stuff. Sure. Yeah. Tap and Pell. Listen, Pell Grants back in those days. Man, listen, I did not get that much Pell at all. Wow. Period. Okay. Like when it came to Pell money, which is federal funds. Sure. Nope, but they qualified me for a lot of loans. Oh, oh yeah, you're going to get a loan, or two they, or three. Man, they qualified, qualified me for so many loans. I remember I had to go to Grover, Cleveland. I had to sit. This is back in the day, y'all. So we had to go to Grover, Cleveland. <laughs> and when you qualify for the loans, they sit you down in a room, and you had to sit and watch a video mm. that talked about the risk, or not the risk, but they had to educate you about Taking out the loan. Right. And how to be, you know, remain credit worthy and paying back and what that meant. And the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized, because I think that's one of the things and I'm glad you're bringing it up. Our scholars don't know the difference. Right. Our, so certain institutions are maxing our students out on loans for a number of reasons when we're talking about what are we doing while we're here talking about post-grad and the number of years is taking them to get out of here. They right. don't even know the difference. So there's like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. Right. Listen, when I came out of that meeting, watching this video yeah. about taking out these loans, afterwards, there was no questions. There was no, hey, can I clarify? No, it was sign this piece of paper. Mm. That piece of paper was the promissory note. note. Yep. Which confirms that, okay, you understand everything, you agree to the terms, this is what it is, boom, your money will be there, right? And we will want it back as and we, soon. And we will want it back. You didn't, no, listen, fine print, didn't even care. I was like, okay, this is where I got signed, cool. All right, fine. And even when I took out the loans and then I got tapped, right, still wasn't enough to pay off college. Mm. When I see... Students and I advise them on financial aid and stuff, and I see that they still have a balance and they don't have enough financial aid. I empathize with those students so much because now they're in a rut. They're like, okay, mom's got to come out of pocket and pay tuition or parent plus loan if they qualify. I never, I never did a parent plus loan. Right, never did it. My mom was just like, I'll just take care of it. Mm. So she would go out, she would go to Moot Hall and she would bring out that checkbook. Mm. She'll pay off that balance and call it a day. Right. 
So over the course of the years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're still accumulating all this debt and you have no understanding as to what you're doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? And to speak to the community, because there's a lot of students that have a lot of questions about sure. financial aid, especially after they go through their freshman experience and then they see that bill and they're like, well, how come I'm still paying this? How come this, this and da, 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 da. the only thing they're really concerned about is how do I get a refund? Yeah. I hear about these refunds. How do I get them? Right. Like, what do I got to do to get a refund? You know, and. I think when you become, it's like it's like a spark. It's like a it's like a light that just goes off when you realize that what you're doing is you're accumulating debt, and it seems like that's the only option that you have to pay for college. When actually it's, it's not. not. Matter of fact, there are other. So I I love the fact that you said we there's a belief that taking out loans is the only way to pay for um, schooling. So as an individual who's connected to an enrichment program that stacked the deck in the favor of brilliant black and brown scholars who are well steeped in the STEM arena, Mm -hmm. I have one scholar in particular that I'm always talking about, a male in electrical engineering, name is Travis, met him sophomore year, when C-STEP came back on campus in January of 2017, he says, I'm okay with allowing people to pay me to be smart. When I tell you he don't have a job, he his job is going to school and getting them grades. When I tell you right now, Travis is a senior, graduating this May, walking the stage. He's not only in electrical engineering, he is not only in C-STEP, he is in LSAMP, he is the president of Nesby. And when I tell you, when he came back from his internship at Dow in New Orleans over the summer, which was a paid experience, he got an offer that's making more than some grown people working on this campus. Right now, he's sitting on four offers, four. Four. So, but let me ask you this. Though. Sure, ask me. So, that's like an anomaly. I don't know. Right? I don't or, know. Or that because like, you don't. There's not a lot of people that you hear that have opportunities or access to opportunities like that because they're smart or you know anything like that, right? You don't. You don't, there's not that many of us who. And I speak on personal experience because mm-hmm. when I came out of high school, I didn't know about um, gaining access to certain resources sure. that would be able to help me to pay for, for college. I didn't have all of that. And I didn't have, um, we had a guidance counselor, right, mm-hmm. who was a, a marvelous, remarkable woman, mm-hmm. right? Okay. But she was overloaded with so many students. Right. You know so saying? she wasn't able to really be an of, of, of an asset or a resource because she was spread too thin. Right. Okay. So. I hear that. You know, and then also, yeah, like you, I was a part of a mentoring program and, but they were really, 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 really at that time trying to focus on character. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, sure. they wanted to prepare you for college academically, but in terms of financial literacy, Going right. into college, right. you know, and 
trying to develop a game plan, not so much. Right. But I think that's that's where we fall down. So it's the community. It is those individuals, the individuals that are connected to us um, who say that they are our mentors, our sponsors, and even the institutions that our students, our black and brown students are going to or any student is going to. So when they're having these financial aid conversations like they sat you down and you mm-hmm. had to watch that video. They should also, there should be a visitor from the scholarship office. We have a scholarship office. There are a lot of scholars that don't even know we have a scholarship okay, office. Okay, but, but, but hold on. I'm glad. You're welcome. The number one, the number <laughs> one question that I receive, right, yes. from, from first year students. Yeah, first year. Is where the fuck is the money at? Where is the scholarship money? Okay. Where's these grants? Where's these these resources that we hear about that we see on Facebook and on the timelines? Oh, this student got like twelve million dollars in scholarship. Oh, this student got like thirty million dollars in scholarship. They have a where is this money? Right. So mm-hmm. of course, what do I do? Being a resourceful person. I'm like, okay, scholarship committee and the scholarship here, and you can go here, you can apply for this. You can, Am I right? You can apply for this. You can apply for this scholarship. Yep. Oh, there's this hub here. You go to this website. There's a scholarship. There's yep. a, you, you know, you can, you can put in your information. There's a whole hub of uh, different, you know, people give scholarships because you got brown eyes or and you the, got left-handed or you got like a 10% of Indian in you. You know what I'm saying? They have scholarships and stuff like that. But I just recently had a student today. Mm-hmm. Today, see how see how cool. the universe works. But yeah. listen, I had a student today mm-hmm. that went through the same database, applied for every scholarship, and what happened? Didn't hear back from none of them. Okay, so what was so what was her or his his right? Because again, you know, I yes. am yes. again yes. about yes. equity. Yes, of course. <laughs> so. I'm not certain if you had an opportunity to look at his packet in terms of resume, cover letter, letter of interest, GPA. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying to you is, yeah, I, I understand that. However, one of the things that I know because I see and you see as well as a professor in the classroom, a lot of our scholars here at this particular institution can't write. <sighs> That, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because You're that's welcome. true. No, that, no, but that's but that is but that is, is a hard, that is a harsh reality it because is very much so. you know when people are trying to sift through a lot of these application processes and a lot of these different, they got to crawl through them. Listen, just put it on out listen, there. It is easy for them to like just vet out those who can't write, and then they look at GPA. So one of the things I love the fact that this young man came to you. I'm not certain what academic year is he. He's a junior going into a senior year. Great. So what I would love to do is see all of the ways in which we can put our arms around him, look at his process, his pack. I'm going to use him as an example again later on when we talk okay. about. Uh, okay, great. Forward, so and then see the ways in which we could use him and set him up with other resources to strengthen his actual packet and then be able to see how it might look different for him on next year. Because we know that. A lot of our scholars, not just here, but a lot of scholars aren't writing the essays. Mm-hmm. They don't want to. They'd be like, oh, just forget it. They would rather 
go to work for Wendy's or go to work in retail and make that minimum wage, whatever it is, I think it's 1110 now, then write an essay and rewrite it and rewrite it and have a draft and have somebody again do that or apply for a program like C-STEP where there is a GPA requirement because it is an enrichment program. It is not a deficit-based program and be in the STEM arena. How many times do we see and hear and experience our scholars dropping or changing majors because chemistry is hard. Well, hell, it's supposed to be hard as chemistry. Right. It's right. biology. So I don't want you working on me. You're going to be a doctor. And you, and you said, yep, it's supposed to. Because when you were here and you're a neurologist or brain surgeon or oncologist and you're working on my brain, um, my essential aspects of who I, I don't am. Want no dumb people. Exactly. I don't want you to be guessing. Now, we know that there's some conversation about the medical field and there's some educated guesses and a lot of, you know, physicians are not actually board certified, but that's a whole nother scenario. But again, what I'm saying is let's do let's do them a service and set them up and be real with it. Like, okay, or let's start low. You know, I mean, not low in terms of, again, mediocre low. Let's say, all right, let's look at some local scholarships. New Era has some local scholarships. All our fraternities and sororities. For those of you who don't know, New Era, right? Here's a history. Here's a historical fact. New Era has roots here in Buffalo. Yes. Okay. The headquarters... Right is downtown. located in Buffalo, New York, right downtown. Right so downtown. everybody that be wearing the new head, the new era fitted caps, snapbacks and the and snapbacks, hey, or fitted <laughs> right down, right down, right downtown, y'all in Buffalo, New York. But that's another yeah, exactly. Right? So I think one of the things that you know when we're talking about wrapping up this finance because we we knew that oh my goodness we so, wanted to be able to get solutions. Some, yeah, so solutions. So solutions. Here's here's one. Here's one. And I know it, it's it's not too late in the game, but I heard this from a finan- uh, from a financial guru. Okay. Okay. Uh, his name you ever heard of David Ramsey? Of course. His daughter. Now he and his daughter have their whole listen. Put his daughter on. So big. Yes. They mentioned that if you start early, mm-hmm. you have your children apply for for two scholarships every week. Mm. Oh, come on now. Apply for two scholarships every week from your first year in high school. All the way to. All the way up. up, Right. And eventually things will start to bite. Okay. And. That's good. That's good. When you submit these, before you submit these applications, your letters, your letters of intent, have someone read over them. Yeah. You know, because it becomes a practice, it becomes a science. So, like, it's a ritual. It's a ritual, right? So, like, even us as professional colleagues, and us, you know, you doing your doctorate work, right? When you (laughs) when you work and when you're writing and you're doing all this stuff, you have like multiple people looking at your writing. Like, okay, hold on, how does this sound? What is this? You know, do I need to check? Do I need any grammatical errors? You know, I'm saying, like, you know, you want to make sure that you when you uh, submit work that it is the best work that you can do, mm-hmm. right? Indeed. Um, and so that's one suggestion is to make sure that you start early yep. in terms of seeking out money. Locally, nationally, 
right? International organizations, right? You know, I always say, if you can go to the lowest of the low, you can aim high too. Absolutely. You Reach out doing to the Coca-Colas. Reach out Bill to Gates. Pepsi, Bill Gates, Windows, Apple. Reach out to, the, man, listen. And, the, and I'm going to tell you Valley. something. I'm going to tell yeah. you something. Hey, this is a cliche, right? You always hear that there are millions and millions and millions of dollars that yep. are untouched because nobody applies exactly. for the application. Going I'm going to tell you why, the reason why. is because you don't think that you don't think that it could happen yeah you think that it's a that it's a far-fetched type of idea for you to apply for a scholarship from apple or apply from a scholarship for for diddy and his foundation right, right? They, that's why they set up these foundations because they want to give back but if nobody is applying for the money how can they give back right. and i think the other thing too is yes all of that um they think it's far-fetched but i think also there is some bit of laziness with this well because they'll look at and I remember at one particular time speaking to a few scholars here are a plethora give them a list of scholarships what they do is they look at all of the requirements and if there's a whole bunch of things that they're requiring for that scholarship they go to the next one they go to the next one we can't be looking for easy when we're looking for somebody to pay our bill so if I'm looking for that big jump off, I'm looking for that big hit, I might have to, my packet might be 12 or 15 pages long. But if they're gonna pay my tuition all four years, then guess what? It's worth the investment. I believe we play too much short game. It's the long game for me. Right. It's the long game. Absolutely. It's the long game. So, um, and then, so one of the other suggestions with that, so start early, right? And then for those of you that can't start early, still look, begin searching all of Google, looking at the institutions that you belong to, look at special your populations, your department that you are connected to, doing that. Your and organizations then, that And you where you're working. To. Look, work for organizations that give back. Wegmans. I tell Yo, students all the time, if Wegmans, you work at Wegmans, they treat they they Wegmans treat their folks. Going on. They treat their folks good. Wegmans, they Wegmans. treat their folks good, man. And then the other thing, the third thing in terms of so for those of you, let's just say you've already come out and you have these loans, so you're one of the 12.3 million individuals. What I would say is, if you know that, especially. If you're in school, you know that you had to take out some loans and they're unsubsidized loans. I mean, subsidized loans. So then that way you're not gaining interest Can on them. Can you tell them what the difference is? Yes, the difference quickly? is. So subsidized and unsubsidized. When it's subsidized by, again, the government or the actual bank, that basically means there's no interest that is being accrued on your loan. So if you borrow $10,000 in your freshman year, it is $10,000 in your senior year when you walk across that stage in May of whatever year it is. Unsubsidized, meaning although you're not paying any money on that $10,000, it is earning interest. So if it's day two one, point, day one, as soon as you sign, promissory note, keyword, as soon, soon as, as you, you sign, sign, interest is being accumulated on that $10,000. You, although you don't pay any, you don't have to pay any payments on it. It's accruing interest. And then when you walk across that stage in that May, then of your senior year, then that 10,000 might be 12,500, depending upon your and interest and here's rate. Here's the key. Here's the key, right? Yes. Over the, the sake of time, right? Sure. 
when you when it gets to the point where you graduate six months later, right? Now Sally Mae, Nelnet, <laughs> Nivea, whatever, they're starting yep. to they're starting to knock on your door. You know, knock on your door, right? By the time you start making these payments, mm-hmm. you're paying off the interest. Right. You're not, you're not even, even getting to the principal. the principal. You're not even tackling the principal. The principal is the amount that like, you the, the amount principal that you is borrow. that $10,000 that yes. you borrowed. But the interest, the interest is what you end up paying off first. So that's why I like. So now let's talk real briefly yeah. about the plan of how to pay these there loans back. Right. Mm-hmm. So. What you have to do after you graduate, you walk that stage, everybody's happy. Six months later, you right your graduation day, you are going to get a letter. A congratulations. Email, a letter or something <laughs> from your from your loan provider that's gonna tell you, hey, congratulations, you got six months. Get your affairs in order. And then they will tell you how much you will need to be paying for them for that next month, that six month in, and for how long to pay it off if you pay the minimum. Now, that's the point I want to get to. So you agree to, so when you call these loan providers, you're going to agree to a payment plan, right? And more than likely, you're going to do an income-based payment yes. plan. Right. That's the that's probably one of the best things to do. Barack Obama made an initiative where it's called the Obama plan, where you end up paying only based off of what you earn, right? They can't highball you, mm-hmm. right? So they develop, they calculate a bare minimum based off of your, uh, based off your income, and they come with a number that you got to pay, which is lower than most, right? Now, that payment is pretty much based off of just the interest. What I would suggest, if you want to pay it off faster, pay more than a minimum. Yes. And you don't like, you know, so like they have automatic payments already set up or anything like that, but you can always pay more. Okay. You can always make multiple payments. Okay. And the thing is, is that when you make multiple payments, Jakiri, you taught me about this, Jakiri Brooks, shout out to you. Yeah. When you make multiple payments on something, right, it looks better on your credit. So like... If you make your principal payment, right? So let's say, for example, you agree that you're supposed to pay $200 a month Mm -hmm. and you make that payment. Mm -hmm. And then before the next cycle comes in, you make another payment. Even if it's $25. Right. Now you're tackling more of the balance rather than the print. I mean, rather than the interest, you're tackling the principal. And then on top of that, your credit is going to begin to shoot up. Right. The worst thing that you can do is to default off your loans. Oh, because they will get their money. Listen, I don't know if you remember the story. There was a news. There was a news story. This guy, the marshals, came to his house. I think Sally Mae sent the marshals to his house. I don't remember that. They sent the marshals to his house, knocked on his door, and and was about to arrest this man because he defaulted off of his student loans. So he clearly wasn't working. I, this man had he had a beautiful home. Had a beautiful home, had a car outside, his kids was outside, here come the marshals. Well, but I'm wondering why they didn't go after because normally they garnish they go your wages. Off of, they garnish, garnish, they go wages. off of assets, right? Again, when they garnish, that means that they, the government automatically puts together a payment plan without your consent. Please and thank you. They go into your account, they go to the human resources, they send out communication, they, they be sure like, you do. know what, listen, we're going to take out a certain percentage out of his check. Because he he default he's not before he defaults right we're gonna get this money 
And then what happens is, is that HR will send you a nice little uh, note saying, hey, you need to get in contact with these guys right here. Because right? they're looking for you. Right. They're looking for you <laughs> and they, they got you and they're, they're taking money away from you. And now what you could do if it gets to that point, you call these folks. And then when you call them, because they're going to take out a bulk percentage, mm-hmm. you can negotiate the percentage. How do I know that? That happened to me before, y'all. Wow. Look that happened there. to me. Not, not with student loans, mm-hmm. but with debt. That happened to me, right? I'm working at a collection agency. I'm making good money. Like, so, you know, I'm getting my check. I'm thinking like, okay, I'm about to go. <laughs> nope. What happens? Government's like, nope, we about to garnish this check right here. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. They taking out $600 out of my check. No, 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 no. So my advice, if it gets to a point like that where the government steps in forcefully right, and they start garnishing stuff, you have to get in contact with them and you have to organize a plan. You have to arrange a plan. So postgraduate financial literacy Get on that payment plan, even if it's the bare minimum. You also have the options to to, uh, to defer payments. You do, but and then, but I think one of the things that we don't defer payments is great. But again, it doesn't help because it's going to automatically come back because the I, interest the interest continues. Yes. So with that, even though, especially if you're in school and you are eligible for a subsidized loan, the other the other solution or suggestion we would offer is especially if you're working, try to put something on that interest. If you have one that is not subsidized, if you do, great. And then even still try to put something on it. Even if you're doing it in your separate bank account, say this is for my loan. So even if it's $10 a week, put it away, have it come automatically out your check and it's not touched until you graduate six months later. So you already have a nest egg and you can be like, wow, and take care of that. Tamara mentioned having multiple sources of income in her in her uh, introduction. Yes. Right. Because mm-hmm. she is that chick, right? Okay. Um, what you could do as a suggestion to help you pay off the balance as well is get a second job, mm-hmm. get a hustle, do mm-hmm. something, and let that second job or hustle only you know be designated only for you to pay off your loans. Right. Because y'all y'all going to Cuba. Mexico, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dominican Republic, y'all like y'all, yeah, y'all vacation trips, more than Fred listen, and I. Y'all, got trips y'all be straight like the Airbnbs. Like I be, I'm like, wait. So if y'all can boss up and go on these trips, y'all can boss up and spend all this money on Valentine's Day. Yep. And fly here and there. Like yep. s- somebody was where? Um, in China. Like I mean, <laughs> just recent grad. I'm like, listen. yo. Listen. I ain't even been that international. Man, y'all listen. can go on, y'all can pay these loans. So one of the things that is important is that we're talking about being smart about the way again we use our money. So in transition to that, and if there are some other suggestions that you would like um, from For the Love of, please hit us up. We take questions. We read all of our mail. We reply individually. Um, we, I mean, meaning. It's either going to be Fred or myself. We don't have no ghost writers. We don't have nobody replying to our stuff. We do it because we take pride in what it is that we do. So as we parlay into from financial literacy and Mm. ways in which to handle debt, because we know that 12.3 million individuals right now have at least $10,000 in debt. What happens to those individuals who are worried that they won't even be able to get a job, let alone a job in 
their particular discipline with their degree to pay the loan. Mr. Gilbert, what you say to that? That's a load of questions right there. That's a lot, man. That's that's a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I, mm. They worry. Mm. Yep, they're thinking about, you know, if they can get a job. They're rephrase, getting, rephrase the question. Sure. So let's just say, um, what, what suggestions would we say? So like you and I both have master's degree. Yep. We have master's degrees in higher education. Yep. Right. So that we meet. So our degree is working for us because we're working in the industry in which it's directly connected to our major. Yeah, sure. So there are some individuals right now that are worried that, okay, if I'm a psychology major, will I be able to get a job in psychology? I am a business major. How can I get a job that is connected to that? So then that way my degree is working for me and I'm not working in an area that's not tethered to my degree and my current knowledge base and my skill set. Right. Hey guy. Hey, that's a tough one. Um, I know. <laughs> so the concern, if I'm hearing you correctly, sure. the concern is is that I graduate with a degree in sociology. Mm-hmm. Study society. How do I get a job, or I do not, I can't get a job. Well, I feel like I won't be able to. They don't know because again, we're talking about you know post, you know again graduate, undergraduate. I have a um, psychology degree or I have a social work degree. Okay. And I'm concerned if I'm going to even be able to. Do, no, let's let's roll it back. Let's sure. say this. Sure. Let's let's do some since we're in education. Let's use education. I am an early education teacher. I came out of Buffalo State. Got my degree. I passed the certification test. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get a job because there might not be that many positions in this particular area that are looking for teachers that are in early childhood education. You can't sell yourself short. You got to. Okay. So come on now. You have to. There you go. You got to broadcast yourself. You got to keep your options open. So like for an example, with the education thing, right. And you're trying to become a certified teacher and you want to teach locally here in New York state. Mm -hmm. That's a great, that that's a, that's a good startup mindset to have, but you got to be open to, uh, relocating. Yep. Right. Because um, just recently I was speaking to a colleague uh, who was about to graduate from higher education, right? Mm-hmm. From the, the, from the program, program here, the HESA program. Okay. And um, I asked her, I said, so how's the job search going? She was like, I didn't hear anything yet. I was like, well, what did you apply for? Where, where, where are you looking at? She was like, I'm st- I'm trying to stay local. I'm trying to stay. And I was like, let me guess. You're trying to stay in New York State, maybe Jersey, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. She was like, how'd you know? I was like, because that's everybody that comes from here, right? That's of mm-hmm. color. That's that's funny. That's of color wants to stay in those regional areas. Wow. They want to stay in these specific areas. And it's because of the fact like they're from there. Right. So they want to be close to home. Home is New York City, downstate. Yep. So they want to stay close. Right. They don't even they won't even mind settling and staying in Buffalo. But my thing is this. You have to venture out. You got to spread your wings. Mm-hmm. Right. Steve Harvey says it all the time. You got to jump. Yes. You, you got to jump. And the caveat is this. If you don't jump, you'll never know what it's like to fly. Or scrape up your knees. Or scrape up, you'll never know. <laughs> you'll or never know. Scrape right? up your knees. So at the end of the day, with a scenario like that and worrying, you have to keep your options open. Yeah. 
right? You have to be able to um, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Absolutely. If that means that you have to leave Buffalo or New York State in itself and you have to go somewhere like Denver, Colorado, or you have to go to Phoenix, Arizona, you know what I'm saying? That is something completely out of the norm for you, but yet it opens doors for you. Right. You have to be comfortable in doing that. My thing is this, is that I was very uncomfortable. Mm. I was very, un- I was scared to leave Buffalo. Wow. Scared out of my mind. I was scared to go to, to uh, backtrack. I got accepted to a lot of different schools out of state, scared to leave. Forget how I'm going to pay for it. I didn't want to go. <laughs> you didn't even care about I was the money. Scared to go. Right. right. I'm like, this is all I know. Mm. Right. Can't put yourself in a box. I think one of the other things too with that, even before then, absolutely don't put yourself in a box. I think again. So I go back to you know the beginning. When you and know, this is more than 45 minutes. I know. But you need this information. Right. Damn it. So. I think one of the other things that we miss for a multitude of reasons, again, and um, no blame in it, when we are saying, this is my major, education, marketing, um, mental health, Mm -hmm. um, speech language pathology, social work, psychology, sociology, criminal justice, whatever it is, we're not taught or invited to do the research. What does a degree in sociology, social work, speech language pathology, what can I do with that kind of degree? That's the number one question I ask all my students. I'm like, can you do? What are you going to do with it? And then where are the jobs? And then how much do they pay? Like as much as we all can say, oh, I, you know, like we love our job. I love, but guess what? I like money too. I'm fond of eating. I'm fond of heat because we're both from Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. and I'm fine to having lights. In the house. If I want to turn a light on, I want to turn a light on. Right. We're not doing the search. And I'm going to take it all the way back to when you and I went through the program. It wasn't HESA. It was SPA. I remember during my last year grad school, I went through grad school in 13 months. I had a kid. I had a mortgage. I had a Durango. I had no time to be, you know, scooting and scatting and kiki and cooing with them. I'm a grown A woman. Listen, let's get this thing. and Let's get this thing all the way right. Let's go. We were having, uh, it was a round table, we're having a discussion with some of the colleagues and we were talking that very talk. Where are we going? Where are the jobs? And we realized in that moment, there were very few jobs in this area, Western New York, and we also realized we were going to be competing with one another for the same seven Thank jobs. You. Come Thank on, you. bruh. Now you can come take, you. It, take it on the way. Thank you. So, th- th- you set yourself up because another thing is that everybody wants to stay local, right? And yeah. everybody's applying for the same job. So now your peer is your competitor. Yeah. You can relieve all of that if you just thought outside the box and you just said, you know, you just chucked up the deuces. I was like, you know what? I'm going to Washington. I'm going to California. I'm going to go to, I'm going to, go to Arizona. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to Missouri. I'm, go- I'm going to Wisconsin. I'm going to London. Come on. I'm going to Canada. I'm going to Africa, right? Like you put it on. Like you have to put it on. You cannot 
you you just can't box yourself in. You can't. You got to be able to create the opportunities and 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 understand that there's an abundance of them. Because if you continue to pigeonhole yourself and stay in Buffalo, there's so much. What's the word I'm looking for? It's, is it dearth? It's not dearth, right? It's um, where it's just it's just a it's just a over it's it's just a massive amount. It's an overwhelming amount of people, like you say. Applying for the same job. Like for an example, when the EOP posting went up. Oh yeah. I just hired some. How many how many applications did I get? I don't I wasn't on a search committee, but there was a lot of people that applied for yeah. this job. Yeah. I mean hundreds of people for one position. For one job. Yeah. For one position. Yeah. And right. then and then not only that, talking about the breadth of the individuals that are applying. So the last committee I sat on was last summer. It was a position in financial aid. We had individuals that had PhDs applying for the position. Individuals that, you know that a had a plethora of degrees and experiences you know and everything. And I'm yeah. like, a P like, and for me, I'm like, yo. I got the doc. Yeah, y'all ain't gonna fight. Listen, I'm gonna be all the way in them streets. They're gonna be like, that chick is gone. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And you know what? I'm gonna tell you something. I'm a 37 oh. year old man, y'all, and I'm just realizing this, right? That to sum what? all of this up, right? In yeah. terms of having this fear and all this other stuff. And, you know, listen. You have to understand that you have to come to grips that you have a calling and you have a purpose. Right. And sometimes that purpose requires for you to do the uncomfortable thing. Mm. Right. And that means because if you stay pigeonholed, you'll never know what's really out there for you. If you continue to be comfortable and content with what you have, because what you what's really destined for you might require for you to go across, you know, the the coast or across the the West Coast. And, you know, you never know what you'll find there. Well, of course it's going to. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're the ones that get it twisted. Facts. How do you think no matter how brilliant? Yeah, you cute. Right. You, You listen, your beard tight. Your braids cute. Your puff is all the way slick with the black girl magic, right? You got that thing going. Love everything about that. However, we're the ones, I believe, get it twisted because we're expecting just because we're good people. Right, Tori? Just because we show up. Right, Fatu? Just because we are great at what we do. Right, Charles? It doesn't mean that somebody's going to come knocking at your door and be like, here's the platter with a freaking stinking pink boat on it. That's not how it is. Yeah, stop. It's not. And we have to get out of this fairy tale in our heads that we've been, again, given via social media media advertisement telling people, okay, go to college right. and you'll get a good job and you'll be set for the rest of your life and then get a job where you get a pension and then guess what? You can be comfortable. Who the fuck wants to, I, I don't want to be comfortable. Listen, let me tell you this. I'm not looking for security. I'm looking for freedom. Mm. You can have your golden handcuffs. Mm. I don't want to be tied to that. Now you're talking my language. That's the very thing that, again, gets us pigeonholed and henpecked. Yeah. Kevin Hart. Mm. Kevin Hart was just recently on an interview with the, the Joe Rogan show, and he was talking about financial freedom. 
That's the only way. And the whole of us said. Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan asked him, he's like, don't you have enough money already? Don't you have enough wealth? Listen, every day is a good day to be rich. Kevin Hart said this. He said, I have a lot of money, but I'm not satisfied. And they was like, that's a lot coming from you. He was like, I'm not dead yet. Right. He's like, I'm not dead. It's right. like the cap, the, the, the coffin ain't closed. Right. I'm not in the dirt. Right. You know, I, no, there's still more for me to do. That's a guy that's already had success and he's still hungry. It's a mindset. Of course it is a mindset. You know what I'm saying? It's a, Okay, let's get Come back on. to this. Because, I know, I know, because this, this getting ready this to is, This is going somewhere else. You know, I moved else. back my seat. <laughs> what's, the next, what's the next question? What's the next, what's the All next right. one? All right, so again, with that, when we're talking about if you're oh not God, certain God. about your yeah, degree yeah, and yeah, worry, we're asking you to do some research. Talk to individuals that are in that particular department. Talk to your advisor. Do the research to see what you can do with that particular degree go to your career development center wherever it is and then see if there's anything that aligns with what it is that you want to do in your soul so with that talking about lining it up thank you universe so what happens to the individuals who don't have any field experience and aren't able to get (laughs) an internship or a job so what things would you say our favorite campus uncle. Just because you graduate doesn't mean that you can't volunteer or do any mm-hmm. other internships. Come on now. Okay. Some Period. people see that's a see that's a pride issue. Again, this this young man that I met today, right? Who's about to be an aspiring senior still hasn't gotten an internship yet, right? Not one. Not one okay. at all. And that's the only thing that's holding him back from his degree. Mm-hmm. So let me it's I'm gonna add one on to you, mm-hmm. right? And again, and not because she's my kid, John Tay. John Tay came out um, criminal justice and a minor in political science in three and a half years. And she transferred straight like that. Wow. And they had nothing to do with me. Like John Tay was straight like gangster. Shout out to John Tay. Hey, baby. John Tay got an internship in her going into her sophomore year. Yikes. Some career development centers, in particular the one here, won't even share information because they feel like internships should be for um, juniors and seniors. Stop allowing people to tell you when you can intern or not. And stop allowing people to tell you no when they couldn't have told you yes in the first place. Listen. If it's something you want, go get it. Listen. I'm so glad you just said that because Slap me want, up, bro. listen, go get it. I want to talk about the go getter. I want to talk about Adri V, our, okay. lo- our own, our very own. What's your up, Soror? Your Soror. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Adri V. I-, I had a conversation with Adri V and we were talking about internships, right? Mm-hmm. And experiences and stuff. This girl forced her way into an internship with our local radio station with 93.7. Okay, power station. You know what I'm saying? At that time, you know, uh, in high school, she was like, she really, really had uh, a passion for being on the radio, right? And so what she did every day, every day, she brought her ass downtown to the radio station and just sat there and waiting for her shot. And then eventually that door opened. Next thing you know, it led to a career, right? Mm-hmm. Not only that, she also had other opportunities. I think she she did an internship with Hot 97, right, in the city. Mm-hmm. She did an internship with like a, a major like a network, 
I think CNN or something like that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And these things, hey, she, girl, had to, hey. she had to force her way in there. Yeah. A lot of these internships, a lot like people who want experiences going into, you know, or coming out of college and stuff, sometimes, you know, um, you have to bully your way in. And sometimes you you have to, you, you, you got to, your passion has to be more than the no's that you're receiving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, to gain more experience, I would say it, it, you you got to suck up your pride. Just be, like when you graduate and you're looking for these jobs and you find out you don't have no experiences, okay, what you should ask is what experiences are you looking for? And then go out and get it. And go and get it. You have to be specific. You have to ask them, okay, what, if, if, if I'm applying for a job, I want to I wanna become an educator, but I don't have the experiences in teaching. What kind of teaching experiences do you want for me to have? Right. And then go out there and volunteer somewhere. And and you know what? Sometimes and start with the, the very organization that you're interested in. Right. Listen, I'm wanting to volunteer for you. Attach yourself to someone or something, and don't let go until you get what you want. Listen, man. You listen. I can't stress it enough. It's a it's got to be a pride issue. I don't. You're not. It's got to be it a pride, pride issue. And then it's also. So pride maybe pride but- and ignorance because they it- don't know where to go or they don't know the direction or they don't know who to ask that too. But I think there's another prong to this stool. I think it's also financial. So one of the things that I've recognized, and I'm not certain if you've noticed our scholars, again, we work at an institution that is the most urban of the 64 institutions, right? They tout that um, every day, all day and twice on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Our scholars work more hours than any other scholar at any other institution. We've already seen the data, right? Yep. Student affairs. Sure. Our students are getting real jobs in the summer during J term where students who have a little bit more affluence and influence like a John Tay, she can stretch out and she can do an internship because she has a quagmire at home, i.e. her mama and her daddy, where her money is her money or her experience, her experience. So right now, John Tay has so many different things that are on her resume. She can pop in, drop in because she didn't have to work. Some of our scholars are getting cars with that re fun mm-hmm. and that to play that note and mm-hmm. that insurance some of our scholars have to send money home to their families right. to help their mothers out for their siblings so sometimes financial is some of the issue as well however that could be the case we have to find a way again to still make it work some internships are paid internships going back to that research that we talked about we're talking about that 12.3 million people who have at minimum $10,000 in loan some researches some research opportunities are paid again i'm going to go back to c step love tying it all together we pay our scholars for their internship and their research experiences anywhere from $500 to $1,000 a semester. That equates to either $1,000 or $2,000 for academic year. And if we got some money left over, we can drop you another five for a summer experience or a J turn. We're talking then an additional $500 to $1,000. 
It's there. We have to put ourselves in positions to find it or be found. How do you put yourself in a position? I think part of being putting ourselves in a position is understanding that, yes, you might be getting this $12, $15. You have to weigh the enormity of it. This money might be good for you right now, but which one is going to equate into a job or a career? We had another one, um, Tahira. Hey, boo. She, another C-Step scholar, did an internship somewhere downtown in Manhattan, New York City. She came back from her junior summer year to her senior year, had a full-time gig. With them, after her second year, I believe, now they're um, open to paying for her master's degree in her area of expertise. And I wish I remember her discipline, I don't. Travis, again, Mm -hmm. do I dare say him? Four positions four positions. So it's about saying, okay, Abigail, Abigail Wilson, CIS, right? No, I'm telling your story. IT. Yeah. Yep. CI, IT department. Did some, I think it was Google, somebody, MS, Microsoft, always finding herself at these opportunities. Here's another thing, another way to be found conferences. Yeah. So listen, how about conferences, right? My my good friend and colleague and my other sister, Jocelyn uh, Tejeda. Yes. Okay. I used to always have this conversation with Jocelyn because I never could find the time, i.e. I never saw the value mm. in going to conferences. Hey, girl. Hey. And she sat there. She looked at me. She said, Fred, you need to go to a conference. You need to experience them because a man with your talents and your gifts, Mm -hmm. if you went to a conference and you were just you, I'm pretty sure you're going to get kicked up. Somebody's going to want to stay stay next to you right there. I'm telling you, you, when you uh, when you go to these conferences. Right. And when we talk about conferences, we're talking about like student led organizations, professional organizations, especially if you are and especially if you aspire to go into grad school. There's NASPA, Mm -hmm. there's ACPA, there's there's interfraternal conferences. What's that one for residence life? Ahoy, a Koi. A Koi. A uh, a, I could never say it. A koi, a koi, uh, or something, something like, that. like yeah, I know right. what we're talking about. But they have, um, um, they have a residence life uh, professional organization or affiliation. Your sleep three sixty five. Right, there's so many different uh, organizations yeah. out there for college students, whether you're undergrad or grad. Yeah. And when NASPA, you go to these conferences, CISPA. you know, when you go to these conferences, you'll be surprised at like the 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 opportunities and the possibilities that could happen yeah. right also you want to gain some more experiences let's say you end up getting that job right but it's entry level mm. right and you're just doing simple stuff but you're not doing anything that you really aspire to do you can always volunteer your yes. services and try to do committee work Right. So then that way you can understand what those other positions are. And if you're interested in them and then you get an opportunity to work with those individuals right. in those positions. Right. And then they were like, oh, my goodness, like Tori's great. Oh, my goodness. Charles, listen, we have to bring Charles on. I need Charles in this particular project. You know, Fatu's doing this. Listen, did y'all see Fred? like Fred was on fire? Who knew who's been hiding him? Right. All too often, we just be sitting listen. in the corner thinking somebody's going to come out. And find us. And again, we, we need to be found. Put ourselves in positions. And again, to be another found. thing, I mentioned this, I think, in our first podcast mentorship. 
mentoring. Like, so for an example, when you, when you graduate and you're going into, let's say, let, let's say you're going into law school. Sure. Right. I am. You aspire to go into. Juris doctorate. No. I was about to say. I, I wanted to. That I was, was my original say, goal. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay. That was original but goal. let's say you want to go into law school, but you don't know how this law school thing works. It's important for you to connect with someone, right, who wants to guide you through, right, who has these resources to put you in positions so you can gain these experiences because they know how you felt. Or how you feel because they felt the same way. Exactly. It's important to connect. Now, again, young men, black males, you have to allow yourselves to be mentored. Mm. Do not put pride in the picture or do not let an experience uh, cloud or prevent you from making it to the next step. So talking about next step, great assist. Thank you. <laughs> How does this all now translate into legacy? So we're in school. We know that women of color, mm -hmm. black and brown, hey girl, hey, we're in school at the two, um, the two year um, colleges associate level and also the four year and then even um, post secondary. How does this translate into legacy? How do we use all of what we know? No matter where we are in this stage, so then that way it benefits those man, man, and Nini's and um, Shamika's okay. back at home. <laughs> so, I'm about to, I'm about to take this uh, type of approach when it comes to legacy. Okay. It's, it's a, uh, I don't want to say philosophical, but it's uh, deeply rooted. Okay. Okay. Legacy starts with seeds. Okay. So come on, talk about it. And, and what do we do with a seed? You got to plant the seed in the ground and you got to nurture it. Mm -hmm. First of all, you got to find, you got to put it on solid ground. You got to put it on ground where it's going to produce. Right. So fertile. Okay. So, mm -hmm. Right. We need fertile land. Okay. And then when you put the seed in this fertile land, you have to nurture it. You got to water it. You got to see it grow. You got to go through this process. This process, okay, requires a lot. It's a lot of tucking and pulling. It's a lot of light. It's a lot of nutrients. It's a lot of water. It's consistency. It's persistence. It's protection, right? And eventually, after time and after time, eventually the seed will begin to sprout. Okay. Now, when it sprouts, right, there still is a process because it's a baby, mm -hmm. right? And this baby has to grow. But in order for it to grow, you still got to water it. You still got to feed it. You still got to put things into it, right? And eventually this little baby root or whatever, it's going to sprout into like this little bush. It's going to go into this tree. It's going to go into whatever you need it for it to do. And the, the moral of the story is, is this. When you find your ground, right? Mm. And you have that place where you found a passion or a desire, right? Yes. A career, uh, a passion. Your calling. Your calling, right? What you have to do in my mind and in my estimation, because I'm, I'm learning this now, I'm 37 years old, 37 years old, and I'm finding this out now, is you have to surround yourself with quality people that is smarter than you. Indeed. 
so that they can help you develop the seed. Okay, so let's say again, I'm gonna, I'm just a recent graduate coming out of higher education. Okay. Okay, and I find fertile land. My fertile land is in Dallas, Texas. Okay, I go to Dallas, Texas. I get established. I find a job. Right. I find a job. Let's say Grambling University. No, not Grambling. What's a what's a what's a college in uh, in Texas? University. Of- Texas Tech. Okay. There you go. And they were just in the final four. Texas Tech, right? Lost to Virginia. I found yeah. March Madness. Yes. <laughs> I found a job at Texas Tech, right? So now I'm beginning to plant a seed at Texas Tech. But in order for that seed to grow, what do I need? I need mentorship. Right. I need direction. I need coaching. I need counseling. Right. I need I need meetings. I need to put myself in in, in, in different situations. I need to serve on this committee. Mm-hmm. I need to do this. I need to be an advisor for organizations. I need to volunteer for this committee. I need to do this. I need to do that. Right. And then lo and behold, after your first year, now you're being awarded. You're being recognized. You're mm-hmm. being commended. Next thing you know, you're doing all this work and someone notices you. Right. See, people. People notice talent and they notice gifts and they notice when someone truly has a passion and a desire to be great in a profession. And then that's when that mentor comes into play because that mentor is now going to pay attention to you because they've heard your name. They've seen your works. Right. And so now it goes into, hey. Let's have lunch one day. Let's tap you. So, and again, so funny you even mentioned that talking about passion and works and planting seeds. So, shout out to two of our favorites, Nanducy and our girl, Dr. G. Ashley yes. Goodwin. They Dr. were Goodwin. just um, nominated, receive awards from Equity and Campus Diversity, and they both got here in the fall. So, Coach thinking Deuce. about all of the great things that they're doing, Dr. Yeah. G, Coach Deuce, and just doing it out of the love and their passion for it. Mm-hmm. So, you're absolutely right when you're talking about. Again, coaching, nurturing, you and I going out right even before after a long day going out and supporting, you know, mm-hmm. that um, the diaspora project for, again, Ashley going out celebrating Coach Deuce for the things that he's doing, yeah. um, speaking engagements here on campus. Yeah. So we definitely need. So I want to add one more to the space of mentorship. I think the thing that we have to remember, there are two other things that are connected to that mentorship, tour mentors, and sponsors. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can elaborate more on that. Listen, so mentorship for me is individuals that you will sit, you will break bread with. They will say, read this book, become a part of this organization. Tour mentors will be coming into your space to see how bad you want it. It's kind of like that whole hero's journey and Mm -hmm. determining who's your ally and not. Tour mentors are playing a role in your life as well because you have to be paying attention to the lessons. Mm -hmm. Then your sponsor is the difference between the mentor. Your mentor is going to be the individual. Don't be like, okay, Fred, there's the door. Your sponsor not only opens the door for you, but affords you a seat at the table Mm -hmm. and can play interference for you to get it wrong. Bam. You know, I want to make mention of this real quick. I mentioned seeds, right? Yeah. One part I left out is that, did you know that there's predators that try to uproot these uh, seeds? They Mm -hmm. try to eat the... If you were to look at the forest, you know how many trees are in a forest or in a rainforest, right? Yes. Do you know how many trees should have been there? Much more than there are. You know why they weren't there? 
because somebody came and ate the seed. Because predators came and they ate the seed. You got to understand something that when people notice that there's good food, mm-hmm. they're going to try to do they something. They're going to try to get you. Yeah. They're going to try to eat you alive. Yeah. You got to go into these into this fertile land being prepared for the fact that predators are going to come and get you. Oh, yeah. They're going to try to take you out of your passion. They're going to try to take you out of your direction. And sometimes these predators are they're disguised to look like they're good. Again, tormentors. Exactly. So again, it is incumbent upon us to determine the difference. Right. Because some of them show up. Oh, thank you, universe. So I just received an actual video from um, a good friend, solid brother, Askia. What's up, Askia? And it was this video. So there was this uh, man. I want to say he was a Muslim man. He was telling the story. He was at a conference and he said that there was this bird just chirping along, happy singing and whistling. And then he goes down to the ground and he finds some food. So he's eating the food, just whistling, having a great time. And there's an animal that's next to him and this animal shits on him right on top of him. And he's under all his shit. Right. And he's underneath and he's kind of like, ugh. but then guess what? It becomes winter and the shit, keeps him warm from again the element so he's all snug as a bug in the rug then spring presents itself and then he hear other birds chirping he hears again he is feeling it's warmer so then guess what he starts doing he starts singing bird chirp 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 somebody comes digs him out from under the feces the crap and eat his ass moral of the story not everybody that shits on you is your enemy and not everybody that gets you out of it is your friend. Mm. Okay. How you going you gonna to take us home? I, is there any <laughs> other points that we need to hit? <laughs> no, we good. Listen, we killed that. Okay. Um, I, I, where there was another, I mean, of course, there's always some more points, but yeah. we said 45. Where we at now? What, what, we at a minute and 12. Yeah, we had an on. hour and twelve. Come on, right let, now. Let, let's listen. Man, I, I know we said forty-five <laughs> minutes. I, I I have to apologize, but you know what? This you was, did give them a forewarning, but this was this heaven one. sent, man. Like because again, people, we have students that are close to us that are about to walk into this next stage of their life. Indeed, and we want them to be and prepared for everything they have as much be, as they can. Like you have to be prepared. And if there's a question or if there's a concern that we did not reach or that we did not touch, you can always inbox us on a for the love of on uh, on our Instagram account. You know, we can dive deeper into conversation, you know. But um and we yeah. can do it on our story. There's a plethora, a plethora of ways, there's multiple ways in which we can continue the dialogue. Sure. We just want to we understand that we're not going to be able to cover every aspect of all of the topics. We want to wet your whistle. And we want to invite you in to begin digging deeper for yourself right. where you begin doing the research, where you begin having these dialogues, these podcasts, and then having other roundtables with other like-minded individuals to talk about ways in which we can all ascend together. Because a win for you is a win for us and vice versa. Absolutely, man. So listen, that's episode eight. We're talking about post-secondary, you know, uh, success. 
and how that looks, ways to manage it. Yeah, we talked about financial literacy and financial preparation, the do's and the don'ts. Internships, the ways to go about getting seen and noticed, paying for those things, legacy. Experiences, gaining experiences. I hope I answered that legacy question, you know, uh, to the best of my ability because it's definitely... You dope, you dope. That that analogy, (laughs) man, that, that, that just came into my spirit. I had to share it. But you know what? Okay, so with that being said, it is your favorite campus uncle it's uncle fred and it is my sister in pain struggle and also in victory the project liberated chick tamara what's good and, y'all uh, what's good listen, man i hope that we spoke to your soul i hope we gave some uplifting mm. information indeed you know what i'm saying and uh we out of here Peace. later Woo.